does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. we got a lot of football to talk about. Our show is brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Football, football, and probably a little more football coming up. Right now, though, busy day of college football. Lots of anticipation for Sunday in the NFL. The man with every bit of information you could possibly want and need on Saturday nights. It's Network Indiana's Brendan King. Coach, great to be with you and Nathaniel Finch on a great Saturday night. The Duke Blue Devils are on the board after going scoreless in the first half against Notre Dame. That's a battle of the number 11 Irish and the number 17 Blue Devils. Down in Durham, Irish were on a 13-0 lead until Jordan Waters ran in a touchdown for a score. So a 13-7 game at Duke with 3.36 to go in the third quarter. Elsewhere, Big Ten football, Indiana gets punished against Maryland 44-17. The Hoosiers are now 2-3. and three. Taven Jackson did not have a touchdown pass. He threw one pick in negative 22 rush yards. Maryland really got to him. But happy thoughts for Purdue. The Boilers all over Illinois 44-19. Hudson Card was terrific. He threw for 217 yards, two touchdowns, did not have any picks in three different Purdue running backs ran in scores for touchdowns. Ball State fell at the hands of Western Michigan 42-24. Looking elsewhere around the state, NAIA and Division Three football. It was Indiana Wesleyan 48, Siena Heights 12. Marion no problem with Lawrence Tech. They win at 44-17. It was Rose Holman blasting Anderson 64-3. Mount St. Joseph puts up 69 and dismantles Manchester 69-14. Defiance got the W over Hanover 27-21. Coach Franklin over Bluffton 31-24. Wabash 31, Ohio Wesleyan 13. And DePaul smashed Oberlin 66 Two seven. We'll continue to update you as we go on college football. To the Indianapolis Colts, 1 o'clock tomorrow against the Rams from Lucas Oil Stadium. Whole lot of injuries. One guy that is not injured. Three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald, the straw that stirs the drink for the Rams on the defensive side. Colts head coach Shane Steichen talked about him. Got to know where he's at. Obviously, three-time defensive MVP, first-team All-Pro, one of the best to ever do it at his position. So, we've got to have a plan for him. Know where he's at at all times, and not let him wreck the game. So, as Greg Rakestraw talked about to end the nine o'clock hour, injuries are a bit of a mystery for the Colts. Here's what we know: left tackle Bernard Ryman out with a concussion. So is center Ryan Kelly. That held him out in Baltimore last week. Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson returns and plays for the first time since he was concussed against Houston. Quentin Nelson is questionable with a toe injury. Braden Smith, right tackle, did not practice on Friday with a wrist 
problem. DeForest Buckner questionable with a groin and back issue. Grover Stewart as well was held out of practice on Friday with a foot problem. For the Rams, Tyler Higby, he just signed a two-year $27 million extension yesterday, but questionable with an Achilles problem. Former Notre Dame wide receiver Ben Skoranek now on the Rams, questionable with an Achilles as well. Aaron Donald did not practice yesterday. Don't hold your breath, Colts fans. It was due to rest. So you will see Aaron Donald tomorrow afternoon at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Indy 11, 3-0 over Detroit City FC. The 11 qualify for the 2023 USL Championship playoffs. The Brickyard 400 is back. That's a fun story. They'll race on the Oval at the Brickyard in both the Xfinity and Cup Series next year, July the 20th and 21st from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The Marlins have beaten the Pirates in Major League Baseball 7-3, which means the Marlins have clinched the final NL wildcard spot, meaning the Cubs have been eliminated from playoff contention. Cubs do lead the Brewers 10-6. Unfortunately, that is all now for exhibition. The Cubs are out of the playoffs as the Marlins win it. The Cubs going into today had lost 14 of their last 20. I'm Brendan King with Network Indiana. Outstanding. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. There's Joy in West Lafayette. Boilermakers get a win, much-needed win, quite frankly, for the Boilers over Illinois with me to talk about the Purdue Boilermakers and everything about the Boilers. And this 44-19 win over Illinois is... Rob Blackman from the Purdue Sports Network. Hello, Rob. Hi there, Bob. You got a little spring in your step now. Your voice sounds excited, uh, and you should be. This was a this was a much needed and very impressive win today for the Boilers. Well, much needed. You're correct there. I mean, uh, the schedule makers did us a lot of favors. Gave us four home games in the month of September. Think about that. You get four home games in September. Right. Uh, yeah, Purdue had been over three <laughs> in the first three, so it was nice to finally win a home game. And yeah, really, just the way that Purdue won the game. I mean, very, very dominant fashion. Uh, outscored Illinois twenty-one to nothing in the third quarter, and and really never looked back from there. So that was, uh, you know, look, it was homecoming. So that was, uh, you know, that was great. Oh yeah, the dedication, yeah. Uh, dedication of the Tiller Tunnel uh, for. Uh, for the, the late, great Joe Tiller, the all-time winningest coach <laughs> right. in football history. So he had a lot of things surrounding this game that made it pretty exciting to begin with, but certainly the, the cherry on top was winning the actual football game. So that, that was a lot of fun today. Well, and these guys get to feel good about themselves. I mean, things have not been going their way. I think we know that. But as a group of young men, it's got to be frustrating for the coaches and the players. You're giving great effort. Just things aren't going your way. You're losing ball games. To come out there and get a W is big on a day like today. And, you know, it was it really started at the halftime of last week's loss to Wisconsin uh, we're not still not sure what exactly was said in that locker room. From what we understand, it was a pretty, uh, a pretty pointed and pretty honest uh, discussion. That well, <laughs> not wasn't a discussion. It was a it was a monologue mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. from Coach Walters to his team and and what he thought about the way they were playing. And quite frankly, you look back at that second half of Wisconsin, and Purdue was a much better football team. And the good news for them is they were able to carry over that momentum from the second half of that game last week into today's game. So 
I'm not exactly sure what Coach Walter said at halftime last week, but it has certainly gotten the attention of this team because all of a sudden they're playing like a much different ball club. Now, still a young team, uh, still a young right. coaching staff, still a lot of kinks to work out. But, I mean, look, you just had you know, had five games here in the month of September. You won two of the five. Uh, and quite frankly, feel like you probably should have won three of the five. So, all things considered, for the for the first month of Ryan Walter's era of football, right. probably not all bad from a Purdue perspective. Having given a few halftime speeches in a different sport, um, but they're all you know pretty much the same. I understand the frustration. I have a pretty, I have a general idea of, of what he was saying and the tone in which he was delivering this message. Yeah, they're young. But that excuse is over, okay? You know, as you point out, you know, you're, you you've played a lot. You've played five games, six games. I don't care how young you are. You know what we have to do. You know what we need to do to win. You know what we're supposed to do. So throw that out the window. It's now about accountability and execution, and you need to make plays and control the guy in front of you, or I'll find someone who can. You know that type of approach. I think that might have been part of the message, quite frankly. And we did see some guys play today that had not been playing a whole lot through the first. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, Yanni Karloftis is a young guy that played a whole lot today. Now, granted, he got to play a little bit because of injury, but when mm-hmm. he was given the opportunity to play, he certainly made a lot of plays as an inside linebacker, which Purdue desperately needed. So, yeah, there were some other guys that got some got some run today that hadn't been playing. Right. Jerron Tibbs, who a really good player from Cathedral, who's a freshman. Uh, he got in for a few snaps today, first time we'd seen him play. So there were a handful of guys, that uh, kind of what you're talking about there, Bob, who who had kind of been waiting their turn and, and were given the opportunity today. And, and, and back to your original thought, Ryan Walter is basically saying, hey, uh, we're here to win games, and so I, I don't care if you're a freshman or a senior. If, if, right. if you have right. a chance to play, you need to make plays. And so some guys are getting some chances, and, uh, but just across the board, I thought Purdue was better today. Young guys, veteran guys, they just they just like a t- look like a totally different football team today. Granted, Illinois is not a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But you know what? Neither is the Big Ten West. I mean, that Big Ten West division, quite frankly, is not very good. And, and so no, that's actually no. good news for Purdue. There, right. There's still a lot of a lot of potential wins on that schedule if you're Purdue if you can just continue to keep building the momentum like you built here in the last game and a half. You got time to hang on with me through this scoreboard update? Uh, I do. I'm just sitting here watching a little uh, Iowa uh, football because we play them next Saturday. So, sure, I'll hold on. Yeah, look at you doing your doing your scouting report. I like it. <laughs> you're you're a pro. I I like how that sounds. All right, Rob, hang on. We'll come back talk more with Rob Blackman after the scoreboard update with Brendan King on Indiana Sports Talk. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Start of the fourth quarter in Durham. Notre Dame with the ball ahead 13-7. On the Duke Blue Devils, you know, it's interesting as Hartman throwing on third and three incomplete. Neither starting quarterback, Sam Hartman and Riley Leonard, neither of them have a touchdown pass. 
Hartman's 11 of 21, 170 yards, no TDs, no picks. Leonard has thrown an interception, 9 of 23 and 100 yards. Really, it's been the work on the ground. We told you about Notre Dame had just 60 yards of rushing in the first half, which is nowhere close to what they've been through the season. Well, they managed 30 yards at the start of the third quarter, then got cold, had nothing more. Audric Estime does have a touchdown run. Duke has rushed for 115 yards on the ground, plus a touchdown score for Jordan Waters. He's got seven carries and 22 yards on a day. Irish ahead, 13-7 start of the fourth quarter again. So we'll see what happens with the Irish as they are 4-1. Let's talk some Colts. 1 o'clock tomorrow, Lucas Oil Stadium. Game that is even with the line. The line minus a half on both sides. It's a toss-up. Colts, Rams, pick your poison. Over-under is 45. Anthony Richardson returns a man under center for the Colts, opposed by Matthew Stafford. Last time the Colts saw the Rams, it was also at Lucas Oil. 27-24 was the final score on September the 19th, 2021. Now, if you don't want to relive the Colts' memories, that was Carson Wentz's second game with the Colts, and Wentz was actually pretty good, even though they lost. But only two guys that caught passes that day for the Colts of the seven total are still involved with this game coming up tomorrow. That's how fast things have changed. I'm Brendan Kick. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Rob Blackman from the Purdue Sports Network rejoins us. Boilermakers, impressive win over Illinois today and uh, impressive fashion for the Boilers. All right, Rob, Boilers. Hudson Card had a nice day today. Uh, multiple running backs find their way to the end zone. So some positive things on the offensive side of the, of the field today for the Boilers. Yeah, a lot of things uh, positive on that side of the ball. You mentioned the running backs. All three of the running backs had a rushing touchdown in the game. Uh, Hudson Gar- uh, Hudson Card, I should say. I think he ended up getting credited with one. Maybe it was two touchdown passes. They were uh, they were interesting because they were actually shovel passes, which resembled mm. handoffs. But I right. think in the official <laughs> stats, they, they recorded them as passes. So uh, good for him. But the, the key, really key offensively was only one turnover. Uh, Devin Mockaby had, uh, lost a fumble when Purdue right. was in the in plus territory in the first half. Uh, outside of that, uh, not only was it Purdue's only turnover, the only time Purdue even put the ball on the field. Uh, and ne- never, you know, I can remember a game not that long ago when Purdue had seven fumbles in one game <laughs> against Syracuse. So that was much improved if Purdue only put the ball on the on the on the turf one time, uh, and no interceptions. And, and uh, even more importantly, and all and all of that, um, uh, Bob was how good Purdue was on third down conversions today. Uh, and conversely, yeah. uh, give some credit to Purdue's defense. Illinois, I think Illinois ended up two of twelve, I think, on third down, but they started the game zero for ten. Uh, so that was a huge, a huge part of this ball game. The fact that Illinois just could not extend drives, uh, being zero for ten, the first ten opportunities right. they had on third down. If, if the one thing that I think, and we talked about this on our post-game show this afternoon or early evening, the one thing that has probably been, not probably, it has been the, the common denominator for this team uh, through the first five games. When Purdue has had success uh, and vice versa, when they've not had success, it's, all, it's always come down to third down conversions, as crazy as that sounds. Hmm. The two games that Purdue has won, not only have mm-hmm. they been very good third down opportunities offensively, but they've also not allowed the the opponent to to uh, to get uh, ex- get drives extended. And conversely, in the three losses, it's been exactly the opposite. Purdue's been terrible on third down offense, uh, in third down offense, and and Purdue's allowed a bunch of third downs to the other team. So, 
Um, I, of all the stats, you wouldn't think maybe that's the one that's been the common denominator, but at least through the first five games it has been. It's, it's really kind of been if, if Purdue's been good on third down on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. then they have had mm-hmm. success, and that was, that was definitely the case today. Purdue was really good on third down on both sides of the ball. So, you know, it's, um, it's clear, obviously, statistically, it gives you something in which you point toward in terms of your practice, in terms of focusing on we need to work on, you know, our third, our third down packages. We need to make sure everybody's on, on the same page. We need to understand that we execute on third down because here it is. I mean, you, put, you cited it, and the coaches will look them in the eye and go, look, this is um, it's inescapable in terms of the logic. If we just do what we're supposed to do on third down, got a chance to win. And I also throw it to the defense. You got to continue to play. You got to get better on third down yourselves. Um, but th- again, we sometimes overlook this is a relatively young group of guys, and they have to learn these things, uh, unfortunately, sometimes the hard way. Uh, but today is a great day. They can feel really, really good about themselves after today and uh, get ready to, you know, take a little bit of time and get ready for Ohio State. Yeah, and the other thing, so much of that third down conversions, as you well know, is is uh, so much of that is attributed to staying right. on schedule offensively on yeah. first and second down. Yeah. And you normally do that by avoiding penalties, uh, which right. is great in that category. Just three penalties today for 15 yards. So That's Purdue was good. rarely in, in second and long or third and long because of penalties. As a matter of fact, Purdue was pretty much on schedule all game long when it comes to first and second down. So you know it all it all works its uh, it all works its magic together. Uh, if you're if you're staying ahead of, of the chains and you're staying on schedule, you normally have a third and short, which is much easier to convert than third and long and and all those things work together, and, and defensively the same thing. Purdue is really good today about pressuring the quarterback. Five quarterback sacks for Purdue defensively. So that often had Illinois in third and long situations, a big reason why they started the game 0 for 10. Um, but, yeah, just just a lot of things to like about And, again, I, I'm happy for Purdue because it hasn't been a great start to the Ryan Walters era. It certainly hasn't been terrible. Don't misunderstand me. But you had all those home games front-loaded in your schedule, and you really felt like you know you could right. win a lot of them. Uh, but so Purdue, for Purdue to get a win today, I just felt like really just kind of validates all the work they've been putting into it. And there's still a long right. way to go. This team is nowhere near a, a finished, polished product. But I think what you saw today is that this team has a lot of potential, and uh, and they can continue to build on that. Yeah, and build. I misspoke. They're at Iowa next week, and then Ohio State rolls in. But you know, this is a winnable game against Iowa. Be great to to string together, you know, a couple wins back to back. Begin to feel much better about yourselves, and then you get Ohio State at your place. Who knows what can happen? But this Iowa game is a big one for them. You know, to continue to continue to improve, but to understand. Uh, look, you got to at these opportunities. You need to beat these types of teams. These are games that you have to win on your schedule, irrespective of how young you are or how old you are. These are games you have to win. Well, the team, yeah, the games you have to win are the teams playing in your division, which, of course, is Iowa. playing As we talked about before the commercial break, the Big Ten West just is not very good this year. Plain and simple, it's not. Uh, so if there ever were a time to be breaking in a new coach and a young staff, this is the right. time in your division because you do have a chance to win a lot of games. 
not necessarily because you're really good, but because the rest of the teams in your division are really bad, quite frankly. Um, and Purdue still, you mentioned Ohio State. Purdue also, also still has Michigan on the schedule, uh, who is really, really, really good. So if you're being realistic about all of this, if you're going to win some games here in October and November, you need to make hay against the teams in your division because it is it is highly unlikely that you're going to be beating the Ohio States and the Michigans of the world. Right. Um, we still have a whole lot of football left and a whole lot of games left on that schedule with teams in the West Division. If you're Purdue and if you realistically want to play in a postseason, that's where you're going to have to make your hay. You're going to have to beat the Iowas of the world, Minnesota, Northwestern, all those teams still left on the schedule in Nebraska. You're, you're in a division that's, that's having, a, having a down year, so this is the year you need to beat these folks and maybe you can still find your way to postseason play. I know it's football season, but can, can we at least mention basketball that we're, we're starting <laughs> well, to practice? And, I, can, well, I went to practice. You know, is Friday, it, it, <laughs> yeah. So am I, am I violating some, some uh, journalistic creed here by talking about basketball during the football season? Is that, well, you know, everybody knows I'm a basketball guy. So there it is. So you went to practice. Um, tell Friday, me what you yeah. saw. You know, it's, uh, well, you know, you follow it closely, Bob, but you know how the rules have changed so so drastically with practice. We used right. to be, you know, we all had we all had that universal start date of of October the fifteenth or whatever it was in college basketball. Well, that has now changed in these last couple of years, as you well know. Your listeners might not know, but they basically switched it yep. up to where you, now you have forty five days to get in thirty practices. Is basically what right. it comes down to. Right. So everyone starts so much earlier. So. And this is not just a Purdue thing. I, I, everyone across the nation started practice this past week. Think about it, September. You're, mm-hmm. you're starting college mm-hmm. basketball mm-hmm. practice in September. Um, but for a for a guy right. like me who loves basketball, that's fine by me. But yes, I was there Friday. Uh, right. Zach Eady did not practice. Zach has a concussion. He probably won't start practicing until Monday. Not that I think anyone's too worried about Zach Eady missing practice time. I think he'll be just fine. Uh, but I, 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 the right. problem that biggest problem Coach Painter is going to have is uh, is he's got a whole bunch of really really good players and there aren't enough minutes in a ball game to fit them all in there. Uh, good problem to have, yeah. but he's probably got twelve guys yeah. that are all legitimate high level college Division one players. So I don't know how he's going to divvy up the minutes, but that's probably going to be his biggest challenge early in the season. You know, I think you're right. I remember back to my uh, coaching days. Uh, you know, I was in the NAIA, and they didn't have rules about starting dates. You could practice. <laughs> you could have as many games. And, no, no, really. There were virtually no rules about start dates, practices, number of games. You could do whatever you want. And there were teams that were starting to practice literally in uh, once they got on campus. And they'd start playing. There were some teams that play in October. Just that stuff. Wow. Rob, I got to run. I appreciate you spending a great Saturday night with me. Have fun. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up, scoreboard update with Brendan King and more football on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Hey, I'll tell you what, there are some homes in the Chicago land area that are under stress right now. The Chicago Cubs have been eliminated from postseason contention with the Marlins clinching that last NL wildcard spot. And Notre Dame now trailing Duke, a touchdown pass from Riley Leonard to Jordan Moore. Two touchdowns for Duke, one rushing by Jordan Waters and a receiving TD by Jordan Moore. And 
When I'm talking about Chicagoland homes, I'm specifically talking about the King household, which right now probably is not very happy as Notre Dame is trailing by a point to Duke, be it 9-17 to go, long time left in the fourth quarter. But Sam Hartman does not have a touchdown pass. Notre Dame has been held to under 100 rushing yards. The Irish are going to have to get going here in just a short matter of time right now. Indiana lost today to Maryland, 44-17. Still a good day receiving-wise for Donovan McCulley. Six grabs, 79 yards, plus a touchdown. Purdue beat up Illinois, 44-19. As you just heard from Rob Blackman, Hudson Card, 217 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. That will get the job done. Western Michigan hammered Ball State 42-24, although we mentioned this at the top of the show. Lane Hatcher, QB from Ball State, this is not a losing line. He was 26 of 37 for 316 yards and three touchdowns, and he lost the ball game. Brickyard 400 is back July 21st next year. Cup Series back around the Oval at 16th in Georgetown. I'm Brendan King. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Brendan King in with us. Scoreboard update in uh, total transparency. Brendan King works for the Chicago Cubs. He's the voice of the South Bend Cubs, and I love I loved your update talking about the uh, the angst that must be uh, permeating the King household in the Chicago land area tonight. Yeah, I'll tell you what, they're back up from Naples, coach. They're going to go down at the end of October, and uh, I, I can right. I could just imagine. I'm I'm going to get a phone call from my dad a little bit later. The Cubs have been eliminated, and. You know, hopefully, for, for, for my sake, Notre Dame's able to finish off a W. It's just going to be a tough night for uh, Mr. King. Yeah, I was going to say this would be a tough night for the family. Oh, my oh it, yeah, I mean, no. Your dad, your mom and dad are huge Notre Dame fans, and their little boy works works for the Cubs. And so, uh, yikes, yikes. I'm, my daughter, as a matter of fact, is heading back to uh, Naples Wednesday. Good. So, and I don't want to. I don't want to rub it in, but I just made. I just made my airline reservation. As you should for, when you going uh, down. A little, yeah, at, at, as a little October. I'll do the show from down there. This is not a big deal, but uh, but I'm all set. We're gonna take a little extended time, mm-hmm. uh, nor- longer than we normally do. So we're 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 fired up. All right, tell me what in the world I, I heard you. I, I um. Chris Kevers joins me. Is that is that right? You've got Caden Colford from WICR. Um, Caden, Caden, hey, Bob Lovell, Caden Colford from WICR. Caden, yes, thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. The, the uh, Greyhounds in Rolla. That's a long trip, brother. <laughs> long, yeah, a long yeah, trip. We're, we're packed like sardines in the bus, but you know, like. Coach Kiever says it's fun to win, and that's going to be on repeat for the rest of the night and for good reason. I mean, everybody played their behinds off, but makes the drive worth it. Makes the drive worth it. So give me the final on the win over Rolla. How much, what was the final score? Final score at Rolla, Hounds won by 13. It was 26 to 13. So pretty solid game from both squads. You know, Hounds coming in 4-0 
S&T, they're coming in 0-4. But S&T was supposed to be ranked fourth in the conference coming into the season. You can see why. There's potential right, in that right. team. They're, they're just young. The decision-making, I mean, it has some work to do on both sides. But, I mean, they had a quarterback who was throwing it around with the best of them. I mean, Tyler Joya, I mean – the guy's a gunslinger. For better or for worse, he'll throw the ball down the field. UND <laughs> came up with three interceptions on the day, two from Mike Brown. He's the guy that really, I think, won the game for him on the defensive side of things because it really was heading into halftime 16-13 after a late field goal from S&T, and it was like that until almost the middle of the fourth quarter in the defense. It, the defense had to step up big, and Mike Brown's the captain on the UND squad, and he came down with two interceptions, two big ones. You know what, though? I mean, it's it's hard. You're on the bus. You understand this. So here it is. You get off a bus. How many hours? What's the six-hour trip, seven-hour trip? Just about six hours. What do you count for, you know, detours, right. traffic, everything like that? So you got to get off a bus after a six-hour trip and go play football. Um, that's not an easy thing to do. If, if you haven't done it, and most of you haven't, that is not an easy thing to do. And to come out there, listen, they're playing well. I mean, this is a, a tough-minded group of guys, and they're playing good football right now, as evidenced by this little run they're on. You know what? We were in Colton's, which is the chain restaurant here in Missouri. And right. guys, were getting, guys were getting taped up in the side room at a restaurant. I guess that's just D2 football in its finest, right? I mean, right. they're, they're right. our athletic trainers getting everybody taped up. Everyone's getting their, you know, their fluids in, their electrolytes. And, you know, it was cool to see. While it may, you may not have the multi-million dollar facilities you're making it work out of Colton's almost in the middle of nowhere and you go out and you play football like this. I mean, there's a whole lot of talent on the squad. Just being around this team, being around this coaching staff, it's like a family. And I think they could do big things. You find out very early when you do it, you're playing for each other. That's the whole thing. I mean, you're not, you know, you know what? For, forget whatever else you think. You're playing for each other because you don't want to disappoint your buddies. You don't want to let your teammates down. You don't want to let your coaches down. So you compete and you compete for that reason. You compete as hard as you can. All right. So who plays well for the Hounds in this win? Tell me who the stars were. Stars in this one, I already said Mike Brown, the defensive side of things. But right. we had a transfer come in out of D3. It was third in D3 in all of wrestling. His name's John Lewis out of Georgia, Georgia Southern. And this guy runs like a freight train, just every down. I remember we were, we were up by 13, a minute 50 left in the ball game. It's all but over. And he's still running through every hole, hitting every gap as hard as he can. I think, I think that separates good teams from great teams at that moment, right? Because even though the game's over – He's willing to put it down. He had over 150 yards total through the air and on the ground. Gavin Sukup's a transfer coming out of JUCO. He's a national champion down there. And watching him throw the ball, he's a, you could tell he's a sophomore, a little inexperienced. He's thrown two interceptions already more than he threw all of last season. But he's really coming into his own. He's finding his weapons. Alonzo Derrick went out early in this one with an injury, but he still had a big impact in the first half. It could You could – name almost anybody on that squad big win though on the road Caden Colford thank you for the call you in the uh, 26 13 win over Missouri S&T be safe thanks so much for the call and enjoy the ride back thanks for having me have a great night you thank you thank you very much uh, let me tell you what six hour bus rides 
why do radio? <laughs> I understand it. Chris Keevers and his guys are playing great football. Uh, and you know, to, like I mentioned, just to go on the road, a trip of that magnitude in that conference, come back with a hard-fought win. They're a good, solid football team. Brendan King, um, I'm glad you're with us tonight. I was listening something I don't always do. I apologize, but I was listening to the scoreboard update. I guess I'd forgotten we have more racing coming to Indianapolis, right? We do. Well, I think it's the same amount of racing, Coach. The only difference is they're going from the road course back to uh, the Oval. I, I just wanted to touch on something you just really? said, actually, before okay. before the Oval. Um Six-hour bus rides. I mean, I get it, Coach. That was our shortest oh, yeah. ride. My first, when I was yeah. in the Northwest League, that was our shortest ride up to Spokane. Our longest ride was fourteen oh, to Vancouver. So I, I, I get it, man. I, I, I get it. Well, my last two years at IPY, we had made the conversion uh, into the NCAA, uh, and we were headed into you know we went in Division Two, moving into Division One, and um, we were an independent, which I, I, I fought with all my might for us not to do that because i knew as an independent we there was no conference that would take us uh glvc wouldn't take us because you know they knew we our plan was to go ahead and move to division one so why would they give us a temporary spot for a couple of years and so i mean i i tried to explain and uh so that those two years in division two before i decided to get out of it was basically marked by these types of and you can appreciate it Mm -hmm. seriously these kinds of road trips and i kept thinking um we're not going to get the resources we need to be competitive you know we've gone division two and haven't adequately added to our our operating budget anything so we're going to be competing in Division Two, as an NAI school, uh, no full-time assistant coach, you know things I'd battled the entire time I was there, and I just got to a point thinking uh, these bus rides are shortening my life. Uh, we're not <laughs> yeah. gonna, you know, we're not gonna be able to compete, and the first casualty will be me. And um, well, you're I, you still know, here. Told, uh, to, yeah, I told the girls. I said, look, you know. You guys have been bugging me to get out of this thing for a long time. I'm going to finally listen to you. So <laughs> there you go. All right. So we're moving to the we're moving off the road course onto the oval. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Both the Xfinity Series coach and the Cup Series going back to the oval, old school Brickyard 400 style. Dates have been announced. That's going to be next July 20th and 21st. Xfinity Series on the 20th. Cup Series on the 21st. Brickyard's back. <sighs> Okay. I'll, I'll talk to my guys. You know, I'll talk to Adam and, and Mark and get their feelings. All right. Take a short break. Then you and I are going to talk some college football, okay? Let's do it. We're back on Indiana Sports Talk. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. We get deeper into the night in Durham, and the Irish are going to have to come through with a game-winning drive. 2.41 to go, number 17 Duke on top of number 11 Notre Dame, 14-13. The Irish are at risk of dropping two in a row, and for a second straight ball game, the Irish rushing attack has been held at bay. Jeremiah Love is now the leading rusher for Notre Dame. He's only had five carries, but he's managed 44 yards. 
yards out of that workload. Audric Estime has been on the ground 16 times, 42 yards, only averaging 2.6 yards a carry. Not the usual work from Estime, although he has scored Notre Dame's only touchdown. Sam Hartman, 11 of 23, 170 yards, no touchdowns, also no picks. But again, Notre Dame is running out of time. Congrats to the Indy 11. 3-0 win over Detroit City FC. The 11 are heading to the 2023 USL Championship Playoff. Share from Greg Rakestraw on that podcast. will be up a little bit later on Indiana Sports Talk. Colts and the Rams tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock. Toss-up game. The line is at a half for both teams. Pick your poison. Now, the Colts are missing plenty on their offensive line. We'll tell you a little bit more here at the top of the hour about who exactly is going to be out. Here's what you need to know now. No, no left tackle, Bernard Ryman. No center, Ryan Kelly, but a possibility for more. On the flip side, though, the Rams, they're still trying to get healthy. Cooper Cup still is not playing for L.A. And the last time that the Rams saw the Colts, Cup went off. He had nine catches for 163 yards. Marlins over the Pirates, 7-3. Cup are out of postseason contention. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Driven, the number two, savelives.org is their very important website. We encourage you to go there and support this very, very important program. Brendan King, have you called your parents to make sure they're okay? I have not. I'm going to save that for uh, the morning, Coach. Okay. All right. I was going to say, you know, don't I think that's me. best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, you let no. the uh you let the emotions come out in Mokina right. and uh yeah, you take There's care of that. There's got to be a black cloud hanging over the King house right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's okay. That's okay. I'd say coach in all seriousness, I think the Cubs exceeded expectations this year. They exceeded right. their uh Las Vegas win total, which as you know is the uh, be all end all in sports uh, that's that's a joke but uh you know they did play better they did play right. better than they were supposed to and at the end of the day yeah. coach i don't mean to hamper on this but uh the cardinals were expected to win the division and the cardinals ended up with a worse record than the oh, cubs so for, now you're, now so for a cubs guy making, no, this, is no, this, this is no offense to you this is no offense to you this is no offense to you i'm just saying the cubs ended up with a better record than the cardinals that's a w for me Right, and that is personal. You just made it personal that, toward me. I, I apologize. I, I'm not forg- it's all right. Uh, it, it's perfectly okay. So uh, Notre Dame, what's going on? They're yeah. they're imploding. Well, coach, they're down by a penny. Problem is, Duke just pinned them at their own two yard line. So Sam Hartman uh, is standing in the end zone. Flag just went, and it's a hold on false start on first down. Oh, two thirty five left. Yikes. Coach Irish yikes. are at their own one, and they got to go ninety nine yards to try and take the lead. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right. So, um we got you know, we we got Ball State with a with a tough yeah. loss today. You talked about the the line that the quarterback had and right. you know, aired it out. They just uh you know, difficult loss uh to Western Michigan. Um it's encouraging to see Purdue get a win. We already talked about that. I went to the uh, Franklin College Bluffton game. Mm-hmm. I know we won, but I couldn't tell you 
Uh, I couldn't tell you a thing about it. It was homecoming, and I was I thought I was running I thought I was running for mayor. So <laughs> it was well, you know I had I, I haven't been I haven't been in so long and I haven't seen so many people that it was a it was fun to catch up and it was it, number one fun that people remember who I am for heaven's sake. So it was I, all good. I feel like that's how most homecomings go. Either people a don't know what happened in the game because they're too busy seeing right. people, or b the students don't know what happened in the game because they were up at 4 a.m yeah well yeah probably but it was good i I caught up with a bunch of my uh my players and um that brought back great memories my wife and daughter you know came with me and we uh, you know managed to help the uh, downtown franklin economy by having dinner and Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, some of my guys and it was fun it was good to see him good to catch up uh, and have some fun. All right, Colts tomorrow and the Rams. We talked to Greg earlier today. Um, this is a winnable game. Uh, I actually think this this Colts team is better than I thought it would be at this point. Uh, and, and people should have reasons to be really encouraged about them. And Anthony Richardson's back. You like what they're doing defensively. Ran the ball pretty well last week. I think this is a thoroughly winnable game coming up tomorrow. I'm with you, and I think both teams have question marks about injuries. And I think for the Colts, it's a little bit more severe when you take into account right. that you're going to go back to your rookie starting quarterback, and you're going to be out without already your left tackle and your center. There's a possibility your left guard's also not going to play. So you know the entire left side of the line may be unavailable. And at the same time, you know the Rams, they're missing their firepower. I mean, Matthew Stafford has always been a dangerous quarterback no matter what he's done, but he's without some of his big weapons, the biggest of which is Cooper Cup and you know Ben Skoranek, former no- Notre Dame wide receiver he's questionable so I think there are question marks on both teams which is why you see the straight up toss-up line uh, from Vegas it's a toss-up completely so we'll see he's Brendan King he's coming up soon with another scoreboard update we'll come back and get to him after this short break that's coming up in just a few minutes so we'll take a short break come back and talk some more ball on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. We are glad you're with us. Paul Condry and I are going to be talking in the next hour. Paul and, uh, will, and I will wrap up week number seven of high school football last night. But Paul and I, as you know, if you've listened to the show any length of time, are uh, hosting the pairing show for the upcoming football championships. So we'll be on Sunday, next Sunday, the 8th of October, from 6 until 8 p.m., live from the IHSAA uh, headquarters on North Meridian Street. Uh, and it's a, um, if you haven't watched or listened to the pairing show before, I would encourage you to do it. It's a lot of fun. It's fun for us. Uh, and it's, it's fun for you because um, the tension and the anticipation of finding out who's going to be playing whom uh, to begin the tournament. And so, uh, again, this will be week number eight coming up on Friday. Uh, week number eight of a nine-week regular season. So we're you know, we're about to wrap it up and get into tournament play. So join Paul, join me on Sunday, week from Sunday on the 8th of October. Uh, the format is really simple. So if you're trying to gauge all this, 
we will uh, we'll start the show. We're on from six until eight. We spend maybe you know we'll go one uh, A north, one A south, two A north, two A south. We spend about five to eight minutes on each one of those, and so we'll start with one A and work our way all the way up to six A. So you know to get a gauge on when you might want to listen specifically. Uh, to the class your school is in and all that you can you can do the math and we'll let you I, I wish I could tell you specifically when so that's how we do this Paul does all the work um, I'm there to get us in and out of breaks <laughs> and and lob them underhand to him we'll interview the commissioner we'll interview Robert Falcons who is the uh, assistant commissioner whose responsibilities are uh, to be the administrator for the football championships. And um, and, and then we'll just lay out who's going to be playing whom. And quite frankly, just so you know, you know we don't – right now, here it is. This is Saturday night, uh, and the pairing show is a week from tomorrow. I do not know who's playing. Uh, we don't get that information until late in the week. Uh, and back years ago, uh, when when I started doing it, uh, we didn't get the information. We didn't have the information. When we went on the air, we had the information maybe 15 minutes in advance. And then from there, um, we would have 1A when we went on. And then once you got through 1A, they would literally hand us that information. And we'd have virtually no time to look at it. And, and do. I think we would do a much better job now than when we did it that way. And so um, – that's kind of what happens. So you're you're ready. That's coming up next Sunday for the pairing show. We got another hour of football to talk about. Paul Condry will join me as we wrap up week number eight. We'll come back, talk more college football, talk about the Colts on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.